Foundation, MRF, uh, was a research foundation started by Mary Lado, the mother of Morgulans. Um, they, she abandoned that when she dropped out of public life for whatever reason. Um, and, but the Morgulans Research Foundation seemed to continue and carry on until about 2014. You can still find uh, their, the website on morgulansexposed.com. Um, it's an interesting, like, it's an interesting time capsule. Um, but when, when you really go into it, they're the only people, I mean, this is some of the most recent demographic information about Morgulons that's available. And this shit, like I said, is like 2000, you know, six or seven or something. Um, 
The Morgan's Research Foundation is a 501c3 nonprofit organization established in 2002 in honor of a two-year-old child with an unknown illness, which his mother labeled Morgan's disease. The MRF is dedicated to raising awareness and research funding for this poorly understood illness, which can be disfiguring and disabling and affects people of all age groups, including an increasing number of children. The number of families currently registered with the MRF is believed to represent a fraction of the true number of affected families. The MRF fully supports the formal efforts by the CDC and Kaiser Permanente's Northern California Division of Research <laughs> to investigate Morgulon's disease. Uh, right. So we can tell that this was done before the publication of that shit study. Oh, yeah, excuse me, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I'm not sleeping enough. Um, things are crazy at work, but getting better, making progress, I'm not getting any support from the person I need it most from, but that's okay. I will carry on. I will carry on and I will achieve my goals and I will probably get fired because getting fired and getting dumped are what I do best. That's what happens when you never give up. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I just a little sleep deprived. So pardon, pardon my yawning. Uh, the MRF will continue to financially assist the ongoing efforts of private research scientists who are dedicated to solving the mystery of this tragic illness, CDC investigation, uh, January 16th, 2008. So we just passed January. Um, we're about a month and two days plus uh, 13 years since they, uh, the CDC held a national media telebriefing uh, announcing the government's efforts to investigate the cause of this illness. So, Morgulon's disease, let's look up for patients or living with Morgulon's. How about that? Posted April 30th, 2014. This is some sad shit, y'all. This is some sad shit. But I want to read you this story. It reminded me a lot of my friend that I talked about on another episode, um, Cabbage Town Morgulon's, about Dickie Dog, um, you know, this is a story from a sufferer of Morgulons, 2014. Robert, New York. I've heard about your Morgulons Research Foundation from a TV program on CNN. I think my son Robert had the symptoms of Morgulons. My son Robert was born December. He moved to Sullivan County, New York State, and began his life. He bought an abandoned church in Mountaindale, New York, and began his career as an artist and sculptor. He developed Lyme disease. At that time, no one in this area knew much about it, and it was some time before he was treated with intravenous antibiotics. His symptoms disappeared, and his health appeared normal. After about a year, his symptoms reappeared, and once again, he was treated, and his symptoms disappeared. Because of the debilitating nature of Lyme disease, he had to give up his plumbing business. Remember, Dickie Dog was a plumber, an artist, and a sculptor? It's very interesting. Could this be the same guy? He then began working for a rehabilitation center where there were mostly young adults involved in drugs. After six years, he was promoted to director. About this time, he began noticing small particles moving under his skin through his hands and fingers. The particles were forcing themselves through his skin on his nose, fingertips, and lateral over his hands. He began to notice the particles in other parts of his body, chest, nose, ears. The pressure of these splinters were extremely painful. He could not perform his duties and was forced to resign his position. He decided to alleviate the pressure by softening his skin. He used many creams, covered his hands with tight plastic surgical gloves, but nothing helped. He had biopsies on his skin in the chest area. Thankful all were negative for cancer. 
He decided to soak in warm, pressurized water. He purchased and he installed a jacuzzi tub in his bathroom. He spent hours in the water, and the rushing water pressure softens his skin, and literally millions of these splinters came out of his body. He captured some of them with tweezers and began looking at them through a very professional microscope. He took pictures of the splinters, and he put them in his computer. He tried to show them to the doctors, but not one would look at the photos. They thought his problems were mental and prescribed antidepressants to help him. Needless to say, they did not. He was very discouraged. He did not know anyone else with this condition. The splinters were like strings piercing his skin. He thought he would die. I do not think it necessary to tell you about the depression and anxiety this caused him and his parents. Robert committed suicide on August 14th, 2006, the day we heard of the Research Foundation. Wow. Dickie Dog is alive. So it's not the same, uh, not the same Dickie Dog, but... <sighs> Could have been. Uh, Christina, New York as well. In 2004, I decided to spend the winter in Florida in a rented condo. While there, I contracted Morgulon's disease. Interesting. So we've got Florida. We don't have any association with soil or outside that she mentions. We would assume that she would be in a coastal area dealing with sand and salt water, but we don't know. We just, to her, what stands out is the rented condo. At first, I was at a loss to know what was causing all this itching and biting. I asked some friends who were nurses and had lived in Florida for a long time what it could be. They suggested noceums, a microscopic mite that can enter a house through screens. Some suggested chiggers, fleas, other types of mites, and suggested various topical treatments. How many of y'all out there have been through that whole list? Noceums, chiggers, fleas. I know I have. Nothing worked. I was convinced I had some type of microscopic mite that came from a home that had a mangy dog and many stray cats. Dogs and cats. Back to the pets. I'm telling you guys. Dogs and cats. Pets. This parasite has an animal host and it can infect humans as well. It's got to be related to pets. That was the number one correlative variable in the CDC study. Something like 60% of people with Morgulons had a dog or a cat at home. So keep that in mind before you go rescuing any dogs. Um, so I set bug bombs in the condo on eight occasions. Yeah, me too, lady. No change. Yep. I spread flea powder all over. Yep. Sprayed Raid, yup. To no avail, uh-huh. I used Mite Spray, oh yes I did too. I used Frontline, oh yes I did too. I used Insect Repellent, Maalox, Rubbing Alcohol, Hydrogen Peroxide, Tea Tree Oil. This sound familiar, guys? I tried a variety of topical treatments, little relief. I learned quickly that nothing could be worn twice with washing and bedding must be changed daily. Y'all, I started out in my Morgulon's journey trying to achieve that shit. I've told you many, many times I'm a goddess, but not a domestic one. I don't do that shit anymore because guess what? It doesn't make a bit of damn difference. So if you're wasting your time and energy on that daily laundry sheet changing bullshit, trust me, it's not going to get rid of your Morgulon's. But anyhow, when I returned home, I was inadvertently passed I, I inad When I returned home, I inadvertently passed on the disease to the people I cared for the most. My sister, two daughters, and a granddaughter. 
The first doctor I saw said it was an allergy. The next doctor gave me Ludane lotion and Quell. So he thought it was like a lice, a body lice. Those are drugs that treat body lice and scabies. Uh, that worked for only a few hours. The next doctor told me to identify the pathogen and then he would know how to treat me. I turned to the internet for help. What the fuck? Whether these doctors are diagnosing you with fucking possession or they're telling you to go figure out what your illness is and then come back and tell him how to treat it. Hey, why don't I cut the middleman out? Uh, since you're not doing anything to earn your keep. Fuck, man. Very disappointing, medical community. Very disappointing. Uh, when I returned home, though I warned my sister and daughter against it, they could not believe it was as serious as I said, and they came to visit my apartment on several occasions and contracted the disease. I could go about the frantic attempts to get help, the frustrations and rejections encountered when turning to mainstream medical establishment for help, the expense of products and treatments to obtain some kind of control or relief over the symptoms of the disease, the growing isolation from friends and loved one for fear of further spreading the disease, which happened anyway. After a year and a half, and after throwing away many clothes and several pieces of furniture, getting rid of my upholstered car and other things, I finally felt clean and free of the disease. But then I visited a daughter and granddaughter whose home I had deliberately avoided for fear of spreading the disease to them, and inadvertently I brought it to their home. They contracted the disease and my symptoms returned. It was only at that time that I finally realized I did not have a mysterious mite, but I had Morgulons. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I remember that moment too. What was her name? This is uh, our friend Christina from New York. Yeah. Been there, Christina. Uh, everything you described, everything you described have been there. Except I haven't given it to anyone that I love. Uh, <coughs> I don't think, unless I gave it to Tom Fee or he gave it to me. I don't really care. But um, I really think my ex gave it to me. <coughs> and that's just one of many reasons that he ought to be hung from one of my loblolly pines from his toenails. But that's not going to happen because it's bad enough that I don't have the strength of spirit or heart or mind to forgive him. Um, I also don't want to put myself in a position of not forgiving myself because I must forgive myself because I can get away from him, can't get away from me. Um, so I forgive you, Crystal. For all the things you have done <laughs> that hurt me. I forgive you, Crystal Clear. I do forgive you. But I don't forgive that asshole anyways. Um, back to Christina's story. This is definitely a contagious disease. Uh, no, sorry. So, it was only at this time that she realized, I don't have a mysterious mite, but I had Morgulons. Oddly, my daughter's husband and a grandson did not get the disease, though they were exposed over the many months, at least they show no symptoms. Only my blood relatives. This is definitely a contagious disease, but not everyone is susceptible. It is a very difficult disease to eradicate, though a few people over a long period of time using various methods seem to overcome it. I want to be one of those people. Oh, did they overcome it? I mean, you know, we probably won't hear their stories because if you have left Morgulons in the dust and, you know, you're rid of it somehow, well, I'm sure you're just, <laughs> the last thing you want to do is freaking focus on or think about 
or talk about your Morgulon's experience. I just, I tend to think that just how persistent this is, how many things I've applied to this thing, anti-parasitics, anti-biotics, anti-fungals. I mean, I just, what, what, how the fuck do you get rid of this, man? Like when I first got this, I, I thought I had scabes because I just, you know, it just didn't even cross my mind because again, like I've said so many times, I thought Morgulans was delusional disorder. Like I, I believed the CDC. I knew what it was. And I thought that the CDC was like, obviously it's the CDC. They wear white coats and they did a big study, a huge study, ginormous. Didn't know it was like, you know, really and truly like 70 people took a survey monkey and like 40 of them, 30 of them got looked at by a doctor and like 12 of them actually had a biopsy taken and and examined. Uh, But, you know, didn't know all that and didn't think it was possible that I could, a totally sane person like myself could get a delusional disorder and um, still don't think that's possible. <laughs> but as it turns out, my premise was wrong and uh, Morgulon's was not a delusional disorder. As it turns out, shockingly, still shocks me. I, I mean, I've had this shit since, uh, like, I, I call it, like, June 30th, probably. Probably had it, like, at the beginning of June or even the end of May. But, like, I definitely, for sure, knew that I had scabes, what I thought was scabes, on June 30th. Because I went to go see a doctor for it and got permethrin and a corticosteroid shot, which was probably the worst fucking possible thing that he could have given me, regardless of whether I had scapes or morgulons or any other parasite. But I digress. I just know that even now, what is today? The 18th of February? So July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February. Okay. Eight months in to the morgulons every single fucking day. I'm like... I can't believe this shit is real. I can't believe this shit is real and that it's like going on right just under the nose of the society that I just used to belong to.